Ant Hill Past Memories from the Ant Hill and District Preservation Society. My name is Joanne Leary. I am conducting this interview today on behalf of the Ant Hill Past Memories Project. Today's date is the 7th of June 2023. The interview is being conducted in Brinsmaid Road, Ant Hill. Interviewee's name is John Boothby. Do you give me permission to record this interview and for it to be produced as a podcast and format for website and archive? I do. Could you please confirm your name and spell it? Yes, my name is John Boothby. Surname B-O-O-T-H-B-Y. Do you have any previous names? No. When were you born? March 1936. Where were you born? At Collingsby in Lincolnshire. What year did you start residing in Amptill? In April 1971. Right, John. What is your earliest memory of living in Amptill? Well, I think probably the house that we moved into. It was having lived in, you know, in tied houses, in police houses for the previous nine years, during which we moved four times which was why we decided it's time to buy. You know, it was at the house, there was so much work to do. The garden was a complete wilderness. I knew Amateur previously from, you know, having worked in the area. Most of my memories really centre on the house. And have you moved within Amateur quite a few times? No, no. We've been there now over 50 years and I don't think we should be going far. Uh, so, do you have any memories of living in Amptill? Yes, particularly the bypass. Now, one of the problems in Amptill when we first got here was the heavy lorries coming through because there was no, no, there was no A five hundred seven trunk road going going round the town. All the cross country traffic was coming through Amptill, and it was a major problem. Police station, of course, we had a quite active police station which was closed. I can tell you a little story about the police station. Yeah, please do. They, it wasn't discovered until the building was halfway up. It was built, I think, in the early 60s, that it had been, been built on top of a spring. John, can you tell me, please, about the local authority changes that you noticed in Ampton, how they impacted the area? Yes, it was uh, 1974, the new Local Government Act, which uh, amalgamated many of the smaller authorities... Amptill Urban District, Amptill Rural District, Biggleswade Rural District, Biggleswade Urban, Sandy Urban, they all became Mid-Bedfordshire District and uh, created one authority. Housed, of course, in the Limes, in, uh, in Dunstable Street. The big difference was that any particular problems that we had, we needed to liaise with local authorities about, instead of going to five or six... We went to two because we covered mid-Bedfordshire and south Bedfordshire. But the same thing applied. The uh, amalgamation and departure from very small local authorities from the police point of view was a big advantage. From a personal point of view, one big advantage, an unexpected one, was that with the various, uh, various smaller authorities, the police were always represented at the council chairman or mayor's annual civic service. And I used to go to most of them with my wife. When most of them became 
uh, extinct, so to speak, and taken over by the combined authorities, this uh, very frequent visit to church on a Sunday afternoon became less frequent. What celebrations do you remember celebrating in Antill? The one I put most in my mind is for the Silver Jubilee in the uh, 70s. Residents in Brinsmaid Road, Church Avenue and Lee Road got together and decided they'd have a street party in, in Lee Road, which resulted in closure of the road. Um, we, had all, we, the police, had had all sorts of approaches from people wanting to close roads for their parties, and uh, Lee Road was one of them. However, in a private capacity, I was asked to create road close signs so that we could put them up and uh, stop traffic trying to get through. The date duly approached, and two days before our party, someone from elsewhere in Amptill asked if they could borrow these signs. And uh, not wishing to appear uh, churlish, we said yes. Uh, they were duly returned, regrettably, having been run over by a car and completely ruined. And what happened but to your street party? There, an event was organised for uh, a competition for the best, most creative crown. So nearly all the children came wearing crowns. The mayor at the time, who was well, the former Mrs Audrey Cowell, who lives in Lee Road, she judged the, uh, the winner, who I think was, uh, if I remember, was a Lee Road resident, but it's a long time ago now. Yes, it reminds me of another uh, celebration which took place annually, the Antel Gala Day, and particularly the procession uh, which used to um, come through the town, including through the town centre, but always came up Lee Road, Brinsmaid Road and Church Avenue into Church Street, which was nearly all uphill. Our house was almost opposite, directly opposite the junction of Lee Road with Brinsmaid Road, so we had a very good view of this procession when it came past. And I always felt great sympathy for the man leading, who were all really fairly young people, children, some of them, carrying their drums and, and, and their instruments, and by the time they got to the top, top of Lee Road, they were really worn out. But it was always very, very colourful, and uh, a collection was, uh, was always carried out for charity, and the local special constabulary manned all of the junctions to, to make sure the traffic was under control, so that the uh, procession was able to proceed in safety. What local organisations have you been involved with? Well, the first one was the Amtour House Estate Residents Association. We'd only been here for a couple of days when there was a tap on the door and I was required to join the Act of Residents Association. It was a group of people who, from its name, were all within uh, the area covered by the original Amtour House, that is principally uh, uh, Church Avenue and Brinsmaid Road. The chairman was quite a forceful character, Morris McDonough, who lived in Number One Church Avenue, and he was the chairman. The I used to go regularly to their meetings. The topics under discussion always seemed to start with Hills Woodyard, which was at the back of uh, of Church Avenue, which is now uh, now got houses on it. 
it was always considered this uh, this woodyard was not uh, really enhancing the area, and the closure of of uh, both Brinsmade Road and Church Avenue originally before the houses in Lee Road were built, Brinsmade Road finished just round the corner. And there were bollards across the road so that no traffic couldn't get through. And once Lee Road had been developed and the the road surfaced and opened, um, one of the items always on the agenda was the closure of Lee Road to stop all of the lorries and the common people coming through. There was one other chap whose name I can't remember, but his priority seemed to be a beer tent. When are we going to have another beer tent? Anyway, the, after about five years, it was closed down. I spent the last year as secretary, and I particularly remember writing to the Preservation Society saying that uh, we are closing down, that our bank balance would be transferred to the Preservation Society, and would they look after the interests of the amateur house estate residents in the future? Long time ago now. About that time too, I joined the Amateur and District Preservation Society. Meetings then were held in a building at the back of Wingfield Club. I seem to remember it was timber-framed and quite old. My wife and I were not permanent members for a couple of years. We used to go to occasional meetings. But then, in due course, we became permanent members. Towards, it must have been in the late 90s, the usual appeal went out for committee members, and I decided I would volunteer. Having spent a couple of years on, uh, uh, on the committee, the secretary, who was a lady from Flittig, was moving with her husband to, to Worcestershire, a secretary was urgently needed. As always, there was a complete lack of volunteers, and it was only after two or three appeals that I thought, would I, I will have a go. I was already the secretary of the Amateur Allotments Association and uh, continued as secretary until two years ago, three years ago, when at age, well, mid-80s, and memory not quite as it should be, I decided that I was getting plenty old enough for it, and all, and I'm partially deaf as well. So at times it was difficult to hear the uh, committee proceedings. Two achievements, I, I think there were two, two major achievements during that time, was the proposal for a hypermarket where Bodgem's was and, and the filling station in Bedford Street, which... Included in the proposal was an underground car park because there'd be no room for a car park on the surface because it was so big. And a second car park in the in the meadow at the back of uh, King's Arms. And uh, an entrance was proposed by extending Brinsmade Road over the King's Arms Pass and into that small meadow. The... Together with lots of other people, the Preservation Society was quite vigorous in opposing it. There was finally, it was turned down, the the applicant appealed, and there was a public inquiry here in Amtill. Pleased to say, the inspector turned it down. Then, not so long ago, 
four or five years ago, we had an application this time from the White Hart Hotel to uh, put a car park at the, in that same meadow. We made similar uh, protests, and again, it was turned down, largely uh, depending on the previous inspector's report. Solely as an aside, it was curious that in Brinsmaid Road, which is quite a short road, two planning inspectors resided. Nothing to do with that, those applications, but uh, one was in number one, who was um, Keith Sargent, and one was in number five, who was Philip Jackson. They uh, quite often were to be seen in the little, little bedroom windows above the garage, uh, busy at their typewriters doing their reports. I briefly mentioned the Allotments Association. Around about 19, well, in the late 80s, I decided that I would like to take on an allotment and did, and became a member of the committee. And in due course, uh, again, due to a dearth of, uh, of people, I became a committee member, vice chairman, and then chairman for three years. And then at the end of three, three years, our very good secretary, Betty Shepherd, deciding she was too old to carry on, I think she was 75 at the time, uh, decided she would resign and no one was available to, uh, uh, or no one volunteered to do the secretary's job. So after a discussion, I thought, well, I, I can get them out of a fix. If I'm secretary, someone else would be chairman and Hector Chapel immediately volunteered. So, uh, Hector continued for some years as chairman of the Allotments Association, um, and I helped him as secretary. If one of the uh, major events that occurred uh, whilst uh, I had an allotment at Everett's Field was the gift of land by Taylor Woodrow to Antill Council for allotment usage, with the proviso that it would be rent-free but if ever it was used for any other purpose than allotments, it would revert to Taylor Woodrow. So the area of land was duly taken over and divided up into plots. And the uh, Allotments Association were, uh, assisted the town council to, uh, to measure off those plots. It's been very successful because... Uh, on many occasions, there's been a waiting list for uh, allotments at both fields, both uh, Everett's Field and Grange Farm. Can you tell me, please, about the changes that you've noticed in Amtill Town Centre? Yes, particularly in Bedford Street. They've, for many years, there were several older shops at the town centre end of Bedford Street and, of course, the cinema. The uh, Originally, I think it was called the Amtil Kinema, but uh, in 1938 it was given the name Zonitor. There was also a public house there, more or, less, more or less opposite to where the Indian restaurant is now at uh, Park Hill. The, just before we moved to Amtil, this public house, which was the Crown and Sceptre, was uh, knocked down to make room for something more modern, which turned out to be uh, uh, the supermarket, Budgeon Supermarket. The reason I mention this is because just after we moved to Amtil, we were given a telephone number, 
which turned out to have been the telephone number of the Crown and Scepter. And we were, received many telephone calls over a long period of time from people saying, is that the Crown and Scepter? Fortunately, it doesn't happen any longer. The cinema, of course, became a snooker hall and uh, with several shops down below, including quite a popular fish and chip shop. But I will digress and mention a little coincidence. Uh, many years ago now, my wife and I were on holiday in Canada and were in, on an island, the island of Newfoundland, uh, way up in the north, which is very remotely populated, where there was a small museum. We visited the museum and met two people inside, the only other two, two visitors, who were from Cincinnati in the States. Inevitably, the conversation got round to where are you from? And I said, the small town between Bedford and Luton in England, what is the name of the small town? Amptill. And the reply was, is the Zonita Cinema still in Amptill? This gentleman used to visit Amptill in the late 30s, 30, 1938 and 39, and take a young lady to the Zonita Cinema. Uh, he was the son of the manager of the Swan Hotel at Bedford, and the family emigrated to the States in 1939. I mentioned Budgeons, of course. Budgeons opened very shortly after we moved to Amtil and became quite a popular supermarket until the development of Waitrose, when the petrol station was were demolished, which was on the site of the original brewery, the, the cinema was also demolished. Again, as a slight digression, I was particularly interested in the demolition works and uh, was talking to one of, the, uh, one of the foremen on the site who said they'd found a, a, a rather strange phenomenon. The brewery had a, a very large cistern which was constructed of bricks and the top of the cistern was just one brick thick and on top of that brick was half an inch of asphalt and that's all there was between this enormous vacuum inside the cistern and the entrance to the SO filling station up above. For years vehicles have been running over this little bit, little bit of tarmac which was su surprising that it hadn't uh, that it hadn't given way. Anyway the uh, Budgeon supermarket in due course closed and the new Waitrose supermarket opened, which of course has, been, has given very good service ever since. Yes, one of the shops that uh, we used when we first came to Amtill was the vegetable shop run by Mr. Barnes in, uh, in Church Street. I'd previously encountered Mr. Barnes who used to do or used to go from door to door in Dunstable doing a mobile grocery uh, green grocery round. He used to, or told me he used to go to Covent Garden Market uh, very in the early hours of the morning, uh, two or three times a week, in order to buy green groceries. But uh, one of the peculiarities that I'm sure everyone else remembers with Mr. Barnes was when he was serving with his wife and telling. Uh, relating something, his wife insisted on relating the same topic, and they would both talk, try to talk above each other uh, whilst talking about the same thing, the result being that no one heard anything. Yes, that was, that was Clarence. 
His daughter, of course, took over in due course and uh, ran the shop for many years, and uh, now, now she has retired. Yes, in Dunstable Street, there were two hardware shops, which, uh, which I patronised uh, occasionally. One was a, a rather small one, uh, run by Mr Dix, who I was found was very, very helpful. Uh, the other one, which was quite close by, was Watson's. And they were unusual in that it was the only shop I'd ever encountered where their pricing did not include VAT. So if you bought an item, it wasn't the price that was advertised, it was that advertised plus the advertised price plus 15%, which was the VAT rate at the time. If you didn't know the shop, it did take you by surprise. Ampthill Past Memories is recorded and produced by the Ampthill and District Preservation Society with editing and production support from Radiolab 97.1 FM at the University of Bedfordshire.